Burns and Gamba on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station's special presentation. This is the Round Ball Roundtable, brought to you by the Investor Hub. Yeah, we uh, dedicate two straight segments to talking Phoenix Suns basketball. They're in action tonight hosting the Portland Trailblazers at 7 o'clock. We go roundtable style every Wednesday from 3 until 3.30. Let's just talk all things Suns basketball right now. And joining us for the first time on our round ball roundtable here, it's good to have him back in the building. It's good to <laughs> it's good to see you face to face because we've we've all known each other in this room for decades now. Kevin Ray, voice of the Suns on Bally Sports Arizona, joining well, us in studio. Well, you guys have an intense vetting process for your show, and it, and it took me about seven years to get through that vetting process. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, our, our our vetting process is A, do wow. we have your number? B, do you respond to our text message? C, do you have 50 other things you'd rather be doing? That's our vetting process right there. Okay. If you survive that test, you're in, man. Fair enough. Well, this brings back old memories here. This is your stopping grounds for a while. It is, yeah, for about uh, almost 15 years. Yeah. 15 years of what got through, uh, got through two buildings. Didn't quite make it to this building, I think, because uh, la- the last year I was here I was just doing the Suns radio pre-post and uh, basically doing that from, you know, from the arena. So it's all a blur to me, man. The two buildings and who worked where and everything. After so many years, you oh, just yeah. it's a blur. K Ray's got yeah, the old blur. old building on me. I never worked there, but I did work at the the previous building. Yeah, and, yeah, and North, Central. Of, uh, 5300 oh, North Central, fifty three hundred North Central. Fifty three hundred North Central. That's a lot of memories from that place. A lot of memories. Well, <laughs> we're uh, we I, I could, we could reminisce with K Ray all day, but we're here to talk Suns basketball. Taking on a Portland team tonight. Let's kind of talk about the state of the Suns right now with with a five game winning streak. Not the most impressive litany of teams that they've had to go through. I mean, the schedule is what the schedule is. Probably the most is Atlanta, and they're off to a slow start. And I don't know how much that changes tonight other than they're playing a team that whooped them a couple of weeks ago. And I think that becomes the most interesting game maybe of this stretch that they're going to play because of what happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and a little bit like what we saw, you know, Monday night against Sacramento because the the Kings had done the same thing, didn't didn't whip them, but they beat them. Harrison Barnes at the buzzer. Yeah, and you know, it was Buddy Heald who caught fire in that third quarter with the three-point shooting. Um and you know, I, I heard you guys talking about it coming in, just the the emotion, the the physicality of the Suns Lakers game. I think just the sheer emotion of that game against the Lakers on that Friday night because you knew how badly the Lakers wanted to win and the Suns were not about to allow the Lakers any sort of celebration so played that game one you know then we get on a plane immediately after we land in Portland about 2 two thirty, crawl into bed 3 three fifteen. then you get up the next day and you're taking on a Portland team there who was desperately trying to get their first win for their new head coach you know, so there was a lot of things, a lot of factors that went in. But Portland playing much better at home than they are on the road. But there's those two guys you always got to worry about. Yeah, those, CJ, CJ and, and Dame. Dame. <laughs> those two guys, they're dangerous, Gambo. You know, you see, you know, early on we talked a lot about, man, the Suns aren't shooting a three very well. They're not defending the three very well. It was an overwhelming theme for a few games. You see you see them starting to break out of that? Yeah, yeah. In fact, you 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 hit the nail on the head. I mean, their, their three-point shooting defense the first four games was, like, atrocious. And they would be the first to, you know, to, to raise their hand and say, yeah, I agree. I think they were allowing 
allowing opponents to shoot 42% from beyond the arc. And, you know, that was kind of their bread and butter last year in that run of the finals was their three-point shooting defense. So that has improved. Their three-point shooting has improved, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. One guy in particular that's kind of surprised me a little bit is is Cam Johnson because Cam shot the three so well in preseason. He shot like almost 58%. And he still hasn't found a rhythm yet. But you get campaign back. He he looked like the old campaign the other night, so it's coming. You know, I, I was talking to uh, to Kellen last week, I think it was, and I said, you know, I came into the season feeling like, give me fifteen games, give me fifteen games with this collection of, of players, and I think we'll really have a handle of who they are and what they are. Um, but now you got to throw in the injuries, and you know how long is Da going to be out? How long, you know? I mean, Landry, Landry could be sidelined for a game or two. So they're experiencing things already that they didn't have to deal with much last season. No, but it's 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 funny, and I'll, I'll throw this out to both of you. So we're nine games in; they're six and three. I, I still don't feel like I've got a good handle on this team yet. You know, like uh, to your point, I I, I watch them, and and I, I don't know. Maybe it's because. It's been this kind of basket of unexpected stuff, right? It's falling down by 20 to the Pelicans, but then rallying to win. It's a 22-point lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but needing to desperately... I mean, there's, there's, it's been a really uneven start to the year. The record's fine where there are... In a, it, it, that's all fine, but watching them play every single night... I don't know, Gambo, do you feel like you got a read on where this team is yet? No, but I feel like they're going to be fine. Like I don't, you know, I don't know that they're a 60-win team, but I feel like they will figure out their rhythm. You know, my point with this whole thing was I just think it's, you know, when you get to the playoffs and you win a round against the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Clippers, you get to the NBA Finals, and then you got to go through that Monday night game against Sacramento or that game against New Orleans or whatever... Not, it's just you know, the monotony of it. You know, I think it becomes a monotonous. I think, you know, you, you just want to get back to the playoffs and it's a long season and you got to figure out how. You got to figure out how do I get motivated to play a Pelicans team without Zion and Brandon? How do I get motivated to play the Sacramento Kings? And I don't think they figured out. They will. They will figure it out. I just think it takes some time. I think a lot of playoff teams go through that. No, I, th- I you hit the nail on the head and, and I had shared this with, with EJ on a, a, you know, a couple of the early telecasts is, and, and to your point, Bernie, I think what we as fans, you know, I'll, I'll call us all of that. Um, the Suns set a standard. You know, they set a standard by getting to the finals. And, and the fans are no different than than the players. We remember the absolute adrenaline rush when, you know, when you're talking about the NBA. Every game yeah. was just absolutely electric. And even those first two home games when they lost. And the, the Suns fans, I watched them walk out of there. I mean, you would have thought that they lost... The, you know, another game in the finals. But that's because the standard has been set so high. But you're right, uh, Gambo. I mean, I, I think that teams, and especially for this team, even though they didn't collectively have any playoff experience for the most part outside of Chris and, and Jay, you know, a couple games for Frank, but all of a sudden you come in and, and you look at the schedule and it's like, wow, we got 80, 82 games, not 72, yeah. you know, not 52 like you had the, the season before. We got 82 games, and yeah, I got to wrap my head around that. I, I just want to get to April, man. I want to. I want to get to that, that feeling of walking into the building and every seat is full. Fans are standing on their feet. An hour and a half before tip off, and you and, want to try and win it. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think what's going to help that a little bit, and and I, I agree with the, everything you guys. I think what's going to help that a little bit is when. 
Um, and this is nothing against anybody they've played up until this point, but it's kind of I'm going to bring back the schedule again. When they welcome in a marquee type opponent, when they go to a marquee type opponent, because they really haven't done that since the first week of the season. I think it might be easier for them to recreate that urgency a little bit when they look across the court and there's the Utah Jazz. When they look across the court and there's, even without Kawhi, there's the L.A. Clippers, right? I, I think that... Golden that, State. Yeah, Golden State, 9-1, and one, and Steph Curry just lighting up the league right now. I, I think it's been hard to recreate that adrenaline that you speak of, K. Ray, because it, it's just hard to... With, Kings and with the Pels and with the it's just hard. It's yeah, just, it's, as much as just, you as much as you enjoy having the NBA back. I don't right. want to make it sound like we're a bunch of spoiled brats now with you know the Suns and oh hey man I, it's got to be the playoffs or nothing else. I do think when the schedule gets those marquee opponents, that urgency, that adrenaline that maybe we've all been missing a little bit. I bet it comes back, or if at least for a night or two, right. when you've got those games on the schedule. I also think, like, as you start to, as more and more games get played and you start to see seem teams separate themselves, like if the Suns find themselves three or four games behind somebody, it might be time to start to push, push that button. Okay. I got something to play for. I got to yeah. play for chasing that team because I want to, I want to get ahead of them. All right. When we come back, our round ball, uh, round ball round table here on again. the Burns and Gambo show <laughs> here, right? And who's the professional talker for goodness sakes? No DeAndre Ayton again tonight. The Suns have handled his absence so far. How long will they have to continue to handle his absence? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. K Ray sitting with us. Burns and Gambo, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Now, more Round Ball Roundtable, brought to you by the Investor Hub. Kevin Ray from Valley Sports Arizona. He along, is EJ with you tonight, or is he? It? Is. Okay. Yeah, he decided to work tonight. Good call by EJ <laughs> on the reversal of the blocking foul on both. Oh, the block charge, yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> caught that. He knew right away. Now, I don't know what his percentage is on getting these things right or wrong, but he <laughs> Jumped he on was always that. wrong about stuff like that. I was... He jumped on that quick. That book had established his feet, and that, that was a charge. He was yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he, he will, uh, you know, we sat there and talked. I mean, we were both pretty adamant, but, uh, yeah, he'll he'll laugh. He's in the, You guys probably heard him. He's like, okay, Ray, if I'm wrong on this one, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> You know, <laughs> which which we all know is not true. I'm done is, until the next true. game. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm I'm done until I'm required to say something else 30 seconds later because I'm contractually obligated to sit here next to you until the end of this game. So I'm not actually done, but right. I, I, I get it. He's done yeah. making predictions. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure who you had tonight. Uh, K-Ray will be on the call tonight on Bally Sports Arizona. Of course, we'll all be watching. Um, let's talk about no DeAndre Eaton. And, and it sounds like, guys, that the plan is that they're really going to take their time on this one. That there's the, And rightfully so when you look at the schedule, and I know you look at it because you're traveling with the team, it is tightly compacted yeah. for the next month or so. Four sets of back-to-backs coming up in the next month. I think there's only one occasion where the Suns have more than one day off over the next month. It's busy, so they might have to take their time with DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was talking with, uh, I can't remember who it was, uh, maybe one of the guys from Sacramento, but, you know, you just, and we do this every year, but you look at the, the schedule and, you know, the, the first five nights, you know, they played three games in four nights to start the season. Um, and then you come home and you play twice in six days. And then now you start stacking these games up. You know, we leave for Memphis tomorrow. You got Memphis, a, a team that, 
I'm telling you, keep an eye on yeah. this club. I they, like them. I do too. I do too. And and I've always, even last year, had Jaron Jackson played, you know, more games than he did last season. I think that is a team that would have been there. They're not going anywhere. Um, so going back to what you said about you know getting yourselves ramped up for big games, that's one of them. But you're right. Uh, games are going to start stacking up, and and not just you know they're not home games. There's there's travel involved. Yeah. So I think you you do have to take the long view, the big picture when you're talking about uh, your center and making sure that he's right for you know for the long stretch. And yet we've been Gambo pretty pleased with how McGee and Kaminsky have done in oh. these moments without him. Right. It's similar to what we talk about with the Cardinals, right? I mean Rodney Hudson goes down and they bring in Max Garcia. They've got a veteran guy. Like when somebody goes down, they've got quality veterans to come in and that's what the James Jones's plan was to not have the second round pick who's making minimum salary have to be your backup because you're in a tight crunch he wanted veteran play Frank's on his third one-year deal and he's a hell of a role player to come in and listen you don't want him being your starting you know center for the full season but if he has to do it for 10 or 12 games during the season and be a backup I love what I see out of JaVel McGee I mean what I said when I signed him what I love about this guy, man, he goes after every single block shot, and he yeah. does. I mean, he literally goes after everything. He is uh, He's just a fun guy to watch. Uh, I'm really surprised with his hands. I mean, I've seen a couple passes that have been behind him, and he's been able to catch it and, and, and get to the basket with it. So I'm really surprised at how good his hands are. His offensive game has surprised me a little bit, but he's done a good job for them. So I think the combination of those two, I don't think they're really missing a beat. Yeah, Frank in particular. I mean, the, the, I, I don't want to single out one over the other. They've both been really good. But Frank is an amazing story to me, a testament to to kind of sticking with it. And, no, I, I like it here. I like Monty. I feel comfortable here. And even though I might not play at all in the postseason of being able to carve out a role for yourself during the race, DeAndre Ayton comes back. His minutes are probably going to go down to next to nothing for three weeks. Right. But until that moment happens... Frank plays some very important moments for this game. Yeah, and it is it you guys know it's it's such a luxury as a head coach and a general manager to have a guy like that who like you say could play four straight games, 18, 22, 25 minutes and then go six games with with a DNP. And it was interesting I was talking to Monty last week when um after, you know, that second game with Frank and and Monty said, "Look, I and I'll be honest with you." He said I talked to Frank and was very candid with him and just said, you don't want to come back here. I mean, because you're, you're going to be like third in the pecking order. And, and I, I just I can't promise you minutes. You should go somewhere to where you're a true backup big and can get regular minutes. But like you said, Frank loves it here, loves the team, loves the coaching staff. And I think what we've seen with Frank is he has much more confidence in himself. He now really believes the con- the the coaching staff has trust and faith in him and you're seeing Frank become much more assertive not only offensively but his defense has been yeah. very impressive he, he's moving his feet and and I, I heard you guys talking too with some of the the rules adjustments maybe benefiting him as well allowing him to be a little more physical but but that's what's impressed me with Frank is his ability to stay on the floor defensively because last year when he did get minutes oftentimes there'd be three fouls boom 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 and then all of a sudden, you, you know, Monty's in in a quandary. But uh, yeah, the two of them together have have been a perfect fit as backups. You know, I talked to people in Charlotte about him when they got him. That was the thing. Good offensive player, but God, he's just a, such a liability defensively. We had him on the show the other day. I mentioned a certain play in the Atlanta game where he had Trey Young in the corner, and he did a great job defensively. This was towards the end of the game. Trey ended up putting up a bad shot and helped the Phoenix Suns. 
you know, with win the basketball game. But just the defense on Trey Young there was, and I pointed it out to him, like that that was a really good defensive play. You get notice for your offense, but I think he's really come a, a long way with his defense. Yeah. One, one last guy I want to talk about because K Ray, I, I I'm glad you brought up Cameron Johnson. I've noticed that I haven't noticed him very much. I, there's another guy I've noticed that I haven't noticed very much this year. And that's Jake Crowder. Seems like he's gotten off to a real slow kind of almost like is he there is he not kind of a start. What 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 have you guys seen out of Jay so far early this season? Yeah, it's it's been you know um, a little clunky. I, I guess would be the best way to describe it. And the the one thing that and I found myself you know kind of looking and going well maybe that's why. Keep in mind. Jay has gone to back-to-back finals. I, that's kind of why I ask. Is like and, and, wondering if he's kind of slow playing this a little bit before he really starts pouring it on. Because the guy's got to be tired, I would think. Yeah, and, and and I do think that there 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 is a degree of truth to that. Um, I mean, the guy still works his tail off. Uh, there is no disputing how hard he works and what he puts into the game. But I, you know, I do think that for Jay. And even a little bit, Chris. I talked to Chris the other day about, you know, he had that, I think it was three straight games where through each first half he'd attempted only two field goals. I mean, he was very much, you know, kind of working his way into it, setting the table for for the other guys. And I asked him, I said, is that just by design where you're at in your career and your long postseason, short turnaround and everything? And, you know, as expected, Chris said, no, nah, I'm just I'm just taking what, you know, the, yeah. the game has given us. But we saw him go in attack mode against L.A. We saw him much more assertive the other night against Sacramento. Uh, I would fully expect him to take the same approach tonight again because Portland beat them. And he... He's got a memory. <laughs> real, real quick, Gambo, what do you think? What do you see about Jake Crowder so was, far? This you know, year? we talked about this. What one guy are you worried about the most in the beginning of the season? To me, it was Jay. That's the guy I'm worried about the most because of the back-to-back NBA Finals. Because again, I mean, that just the mindset of you know, hey, how do I get through these games on a Monday night against Sacramento and a wet Thursday against New Orleans? And so he was the guy I was worried about the most. He's had you know, he's had some tough nights shooting the three. He's he's going to get into his rhythm at some point. I don't know when it's going to be, but that that's they've got other guys that could play if he's not playing well. But I'm definitely a little bit concerned. If you said who am I concerned about the most on that team, I'd probably pit him first. Yeah. Now, now, and I will say about Jay and, and EJ and I talked about this on the telecast one of the things that we've already you know that's been revealed through these nine games is we are seeing jay not consistently but you know in kind of spits and in, in, you know through courses of the game you'll see him put the ball on the floor he's driving a little bit more mm-hmm. in that la game in particular he had three little you know little runners so that to me is promising for him to even kind of understand and acknowledge I can't just be a three point right. shooter. Yeah. All right, K Ray, you did great. Put us on the list, man. <laughs> All right. Man, whatever you want. You know, See, off D and D. K Ray, thanks for swinging by, man. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure, boys. Good uh, to see you. Round ball, round table here on the Burns and Gambo show. When we come back, we'll continue the Suns talk. Suns president. Jason Rowley will join us here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. State of the Suns, presented by First Bank. First Bank is proud to be the official bank of the Phoenix Suns. First Bank, banking for good. Member FDIC, State of the Suns. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Every single Wednesday at 3.30... 
We talk with a member of the Suns decision-making crew and joining us right now on the 72-sold sports line. We're talking with the president and CEO of the Phoenix Suns, Jason Rowley, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Jason, welcome back to the show. Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Guys, thanks for having me. Well, big night tonight, right? Military Appreciation Night. I know that you are a veteran, so thank you for your service, but a big night for everybody in the military. Absolutely, and I, I appreciate you raising that gambo. You know, USAA is a great partner of ours, uh, honoring military members and, and obviously the veterans uh, who have served our country. And, you know, it's, it's going to be an exciting night. We are riding a five-game win streak, and, um, you know, the last time we played Portland, it, it wasn't uh, the kind of result you'd like to see, and so I know our guys are going to be really excited to get out there and, uh, and get a little bit of revenge here. And looking to do it, you know, in front of a, a, a capacity crowd, so it should be an exciting night. Yeah, we'll talk about the crowds in a second. I do want, uh, in a second. I do want to ask you uh, where the NBA is with their investigation right now of Robert and the organization, and just the cooperation level that the Phoenix Suns are giving in that investigation. And I appreciate having the opportunity to address that, Gambo. So, as you know, we have asked the NBA to come in and make an investigation and do a thorough investigation of the allegations in the ESPN article that came out last week. And um, not only will we be cooperating, we'll be fully cooperating and looking forward to the, the end result of that and being able to, uh, to then move on from there. And obviously we have, um, we have folks who are helping us work through that process, which we will certainly be doing with the league and in partnership with the league and just looking forward to getting that um, behind us and, and moving on. Jason Rowley, president and CEO of the Phoenix Suns, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Suns taking on the Portland Trailblazers tonight. Uh, you've gone through this before with the team last year, getting off to the eight and eight start, and and kind of a uh, you know what do we got? What do we got? Did you, were you feeling some of those same feelings this year? Albeit not nearly as many games, but it, it kind of got off to a slow start. Were you feeling any of those feels from a year ago with the eight and eight start? Yeah, you know, Burnsy, I'll, I'll tell you when we when we got to one and three. Um, you know, I, of course, it's a natural thing to, to kind of look around and say, okay, are, are, are things not clicking or what's happening? But I, I do want to point out a couple of things. Um, you know, training camp is just not the, the length that it used to be, nor are there the number of preseason games. So if you kind of look back at some of the, the records of some of the top teams in the league in the earlier part of the season, we were certainly not the only ones that were struggling there and, and, and maybe not coming out of the gates um, meeting expectations, and, and Monty certainly adjusted, and the players have adjusted, and pretty clearly have gotten back on track. And that's that's really the important thing, is you know getting the guys where they're dialed in, and everybody knows their role, and everybody's comfortable with it, and um, and then able to, to you know get out some some really good quality wins, and some wins where you know we've we've gotten up big. It just looking back to the game against the Kings. We got it pretty big and let them back into the game and had to you know, really grind it out at the end. And those are games you also you learn from. And so I, I think that uh, although starting off the season, sure, nobody liked to see the, the one and three start. But I don't I don't really compare it to, to last year at all. Um, I think coming out of the bubble, people were very much kind of like, OK, let's let's wait and see and and see was the was the bubble something special or, or just a, you know a, an aberration or or an anomaly for the team and clearly it it wasn't um and so you know, i kind of look at this season in a, in a very similar sense so feeling great to be sitting here at uh at the record we have and certainly a packed 
December and November in front of us and some, some great games and a lot of you know, got that Christmas game to look forward to. So just a, a lot of great excitement in the earlier part of the season when, let's face it, traditionally or for at least the, the last you know, number of years, the earlier parts of the season, sometimes there wasn't a whole lot to look forward to. And so it's great to be able to, to really be able to enjoy a lot of high-level basketball even early in the season. You talked about out or near capacity crowd you know, for tonight. And we were talking about this with Kevin Ray, just the excitement when you go through the playoffs and the fans are sold out and the atmosphere and everybody's just so hyped. What's it been like for the start of this season? I know there was a, a lot of demand for tickets, but what are you seeing with the fans? Well, they've they've come out in in full force and with the same level of energy that that really um, kind of captivated the country last year. If you remember, uh, we were our fan base was the darlings of the NBA in terms of the the, the true home court advantage that everybody brought. And I, I want to thank everybody for that and thank them for continuing to come out and support us and continuing to bring that energy and really supporting these guys on the court because you know, at the end of the day. We are in the, the business of basketball, and, uh, and the business of basketball for us here in Phoenix is, is really good right now, and we want to continue that, that effort and continue that focus, um, and the fans are an enormous part of that. Jason Rally, president of the Suns, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Since uh, you mentioned it, it, it I, I, I know our schedule with this, when we do this every Wednesday, sometimes it's Monty, sometimes it's James, sometimes it's you. I, I don't know when it's your turn again, so this might be my last chance to ask you this before it happens. When do you start planning for the Christmas Day game? What, 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 I'm sure you're already planning some things for that, but because that is such a landmark moment for an organization over the course of a season – when do you start thinking about how exactly you're going to execute a Christmas Day game? Because that's a big deal for you guys. It, it is a big deal, and and obviously you look at the time of the day. I don't know if you guys remember the last time we were in a Christmas game. I distinctly remember it because it was a game against uh, the, the dreaded San Antonio Spurs, and I, I wish I could remember the name of the, the player. It might have been Patty Mills, or I could be mistaken about that, but drained a three-pointer in the corner at the buzzer to uh, to beat us, and I distinctly remember just the mood walking out of the building, and it was it was kind of like, boy, we ruined Christmas for everybody, and obviously <laughs> we want to we want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, you know, I can't I can't don't ruin Christmas, Jason. Don't ruin Christmas, please. That's terrible. But, but look, you're right. So huge game against Golden State, who are off off to a, a tremendous start this year, um, sitting at nine and one. So a huge matchup, and you know, a great great time slot at that three o'clock time slot where people are, are kind of done with their, their morning you know, ritual for whatever, for whatever you do and on Christmas day and come out to the game. We're obviously going to, and we are putting in a lot of planning and a lot of detail to make sure that that is a, a very special moment, everything from what the broadcast looks like that, you know, and what we're able to do here in the, um, to the extent we can even impact that, but what we're able to do here in the building and what we're able to do for fans coming in, all of those pieces uh, for that type of a special tentpole event um, is is something we're looking forward to, and, and I know our, our guys are excited about it as well. We had you on a few months ago when you announced the, uh, the partnership with FanDuel. I haven't checked on it since, but uh, I know a lot of people are excited about it. How is that venture going? How is that partnership with them going early in the season? They've been terrific partners. The, the retail sports book here at, at Footprint, Footprint Center has remain consistently busy if i walk down because i office here in the arena if i walk downstairs right now i guarantee you there'd be probably 20 or 30 people in there 
Um, it, it has a consistent flow. They've done a terrific job executing. And then obviously the mobile piece as well uh, that goes across the entire state has, has performed very well. And, you know, the thing in that business is that it's really all about um, market share, because as you guys saw, once sports betting was legalized, there was a huge rush through from all the different operators um, to come into the market and grab market share as quickly as possible. FanDuel, uh, being the kind of operators they are, were, were very prepared for that and ready to go on day one. And um, we, were, we were happy to be um, supportive of that and be able to, to get the retail spot ready to roll. And then obviously the mobile clicked on, um, clicked on immediately on the day it, it became legal. So it's been, it's been a great addition. Um, it's been something that I, I think for our fans that are able to take advantage of it, who are over 21, um, have really enjoyed it. And the fact is even on, on non-game nights and on concerts and even on, on dark days when we don't have any events in the building, it keeps a, a different level of activation here in downtown Phoenix. All right, Jason, we appreciate the time. As always, thanks for swinging by for a few. Good luck tonight. Good luck with that Christmas Day game if we don't get a chance to talk to you before then, okay? Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Jason. Jason Raleigh joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72 Sold. Military Appreciation Night tonight at the arena. Yes, 72sold.com is where you can get your price. Text us your thoughts. Speaking of uh, the FanDuel text line, you can text us your thoughts on the Suns at the FanDuel text line, 620-620 is where you can text us. When we come back, the day has come. Odell Beckham Jr. is now a free agent. Could he go somewhere that will scare you if you're a Cardinals fan? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. If you missed it earlier, Kyler Murray on the health of his ankle. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, obviously, day-to-day right now, but uh, I think I've made crazy strides as far as, you know, in a positive direction uh, since it happened, so... Um, I'm looking forward to it, um, and like I said, just day to day, just gonna keep working it up. So he's hopeful, maybe making crazy strides. Maybe he's available. If not, and he's got to take one more week off, then he's got to take one more week off. And your level of confidence, I would think, to beat the Carolina Panthers at home, if you got to go with Colt McCoy one more week, it's got to be probably pretty good based Sky on high. how he played and yeah. and what Carolina's going through and PJ Walker, their starting quarterback, and and all of that stuff. The injuries they're dealing with. So they'll continue to slow play it with Kyler Murray. I think at 8-1, and one, there's the real benefit of not having to be in a rush with Kyler Murray. You're really not in a rush to bring him back at this point. No, I mean, listen, I, you're going to talk about this later, but you, you know, Carolina's got a good defense. Yes. They have a really good defense. So what you're afraid of in a game like that is that defense balls out and uh, they, they hold you in check, and now you're dealing with a game that's going to come down to one score in the fourth quarter, and you can lose those games. I mean, you can lose those. You miss a field goal, they make a field goal. That can be the difference between winning and losing. The thing you don't want to do if you're the Cardinals, the most important thing you don't want to do, you don't want to lose any of the games now you're supposed to win. You don't want to lose any games you're supposed to You don't want to lose to the Bears. You don't want to lose to... Um, the, the Lions, the, Lions, the, Panthers, the Panthers. Those are the three. Those you are the don't want to lose to those teams. You're yeah. going to play some teams that, I don't want to say it's acceptable to lose, but you can live with losing yeah. to the Rams or Seattle or you know Indianapolis is a pretty good team. No, they're okay. Like you just don't want to lose to bad football teams. No, and, and that's that's sort of my fear is that over the course of these remaining eight games that they have, not because the Cardinals are flawed, because they've played they've been the best team in the NFL so far. But just because of the nature of the NFL, my worry is that they will lose to a team that they're not supposed to lose to. Not because of any problem with the Cardinals, but because that's the NFL, right? It's just it. 
for goodness sakes, the Bills lost to the Jags. I know. Right? I, I mean, any, I, any given Sunday. I, I will always prop that game up as an example of, hey, it, it can happen. Stuff happens. It's the NFL. And it might happen. I hope it doesn't. And I hope that if the Cardinals are to lose a game or two the rest of the way, it is to one of those teams that it's kind of acceptable to lose to that you could understand that they lost to. And it's not like some total shock, but but we'll see. The other thing, and this is kind of what we tease, but I wanted to get the stuff out there about Kyler Murray because I know a lot of people are talking about that. And you probably wanted an update. We are waiting to see what's going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, nothing has happened Yet he cleared through waivers. He is a free agent. He can go wherever he'd like. And I think, like a lot of Cardinals fans, I looked at the three teams that were listed by Diana Rossini from ESPN. Diana Rossini. And my. <laughs> ends in a vowel, always yeah. catches your attention. Sure. Yes. Um, she tweeted out this morning on the day in which he could make his final decision. Free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is honing in on the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Saints Okay, per league sources. All right, so two teams in the NFC. First time One a powerhouse that you've lost to. Another that's battling right now for Tampa Bay to win the, uh, to win the division. Go to the Chiefs. Now, do I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is anywhere near the player he was with the Giants? No. But I am a little bit worried about a player like this becoming available and somebody getting him for free. Can he make Green Bay better? Yeah. He could make them better. They already got Devontae Adams. Can he make New Orleans better? Yes. Um, Kansas City, they could use him too. So that's the thing I'm looking at. Like where I my, I hope that Odell Beckham Jr. does not end up with an NFC contender. I am looking at that. I'm looking at it closely yeah. because I just don't want it to happen. You know, it's funny. I was listening to you talk, and, and I'm if he goes to the Saints, so be it. Fine. I'm not that You're not worried about the Saints? Trevor Simeon. No, it's true. Taysom Hill. I don't you want. Know, you don't I, want to get them any better. But the I, I, Packers, I, the Packers, the Packers. Are the, don't don't go to the Packers. Don't go to the Packers because it, it, between him and Devontae Adams, I know they lost their tight end Tanyan for the season with the injury he suffered against the Cardinals. Uh, but Alan Lazard, they get Marquez Valdez Scantling, right? And suddenly Aaron Rodgers, that and Aaron Jones. Now he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal, yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. Is a very very talented quarterback. I, you want a reason why he might he might choose the Packers? What do you got? They play Cleveland. Oh, you want to get back at Cleveland? A lot of those guys they think that way, yeah, right? Yeah, they do. Now, who, you know, Cleveland gives you a good chance to win. You get to play with the, with a you know with a great quarterback. There's two great quarterbacks to play with right there, not three. So, do you eliminate New Orleans because you get to play with Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes? But the Green Bay Packers will host Cleveland in in Lambeau on Christmas Day. Hmm. That's a Christmas Day game. Imagine that Odell Beckham Jr. and the Packers hosting the Browns. Wow, that's crazy. Yes, that could be a reason. But then there's a flip side to this argument too. Okay, the flip side is: Did you see how much better the Browns played without him? They played great. They whooped the Bengals. They did. And hey. Baker Mayfield, after the game, said, "Look, I wish him the best. He's a friend. I wish him the best, but I'm only, you know, only going to talk about the guys that are here. Yeah. I'm only going to talk about the guys well, that are in this locker room." There is an argument to be made that Odell Beckham Jr. is one of those guys that, when he's in your locker room, you just he becomes he becomes a headache that you have to deal with, right? He becomes a because Dad is tweeting out. Videos of look, you're actively ignoring my I totally son. believe you're in not that. There's th- plenty of guys like you got to move on. You can't win with those guys. And, and, and I, I wonder if Odell Beckham Jr. As much as the talent might scare you, if he ends up going to a team and he does them more harm than good, because there's what does Odell Beckham Jr. 
won in his time in the NFL. I, I, I mean, he's he's famously broken up with the Giants, famously now broken up with the Cleveland Browns. It might you could make a compelling argument that he hurts the Packers more than he helps them because now he becomes this diva presence in the room. Maybe not. He's going to be a little upset because he's not getting the same targets Devontae Adams is. Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, some of those divas yeah. go to other places Fair. and I'm going to be on my best behavior that's a good here. Retort. That's a good that's a good comeback. I'm going to be on my best behavior. Yeah. I want this to work. So I am not going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to try to make it work cuz I just want to I just want to continue to play in this league. Maybe Perhaps, um, and it's and I'll tell you something else. And this is this is a report coming from of all people, Jordan Schultz. We had him on the the show a couple of weeks ago. He reports the Patriots are making a strong push to sign Odell Beckham Jr. According to a source, Belichick wants they're probably going to win the AFC East on the roster badly. Yeah, you think they're going to beat the Bills? The Bills have three losses now. They don't look very good. No, and and the Patriots they got a nice whip. But it was the it was the Panthers. They they're the five and four, I think the Patriots are, and and that they're doing yeah, this I'll with still a rookie the quarterback. I'll still pick the Bills. I will too. I, I just can't believe the Bills are playing this poorly right now. Do the Patriots play the Browns? The, I wonder. Patriots. Now the Bill Belichick's mastery of Sam Darnold. I was looking at something yesterday, like all the games Darnold's played against Bill Belichick. My God, they should have played PJ Walk in the last game, just knowing. He can't beat this guy. The uh, Patriots play the Browns this weekend. This weekend. This week. He's not going to be ready for that game. This weekend. <laughs> I mean, you're talking. But, I mean, I suppose, I suppose there's a possibility the Patriots then could then play the Browns in the playoffs, potentially. Sure. Right? Even I mean, if they get in as a wild card yeah, or something. It's, yeah, it's possible. But they you could know match for a fact, you sign with the Green Bay Packers, you are going to play the Browns this year. Yeah. You're playing the Browns. I, I don't know if I don't know if OBJ could get ready in time for this Sunday. Probably not. I mean, he'd have to come in and be raring to go right away. He's but, cl- but so by- he's cleared waivers. He could sign with anybody right now. That's what's right. He's cleared and he could sign with anyone. If he chooses the Patriots, I would think he would rush it to be ready to play this weekend against Cleveland. I would think. I would think he would he would do everything in his power to be on that field, I would think. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, Cliff Kingsbury today, a lot to say about injuries, a lot to say about the Panthers. The most interesting thing he might have said was about the opponent's quarterback. We'll let you hear it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.